Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Word of God has many different titles in Scripture and even more functions. It's called the Word of Grace, the Word of Life, even the Good Word. But in Hebrews, it's called the Word of Righteousness. This is the solid, nourishing Word that can bring us on to maturity. And we will look at it on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And Ron Kangas is with us again today to plunge once more into the depths of this wonderful book of Hebrews. Ron, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for letting me fellowship on this matter concerning which I have a particular burden in the Lord. Ron, we're not quite halfway through this life study of Hebrews, and it seems that at nearly every turn we are challenged and even stretched by what is being opened up in Hebrews. Does this characteristic hold all the way through this book? Yes, it does. Because this book is so profound and deep, every turn it takes really challenges those of us that approach it with still a rather elementary understanding of God and the things of God. So the best attitude toward the book of Hebrews itself and toward this life study exposition of Hebrews is to really be open to the Lord and submissive to him, willing to receive fresh enlightenment from him through the word. Then even if we are handling very difficult concepts, the spirit of grace will have a way to get through in us. We especially need this kind of teachable spirit when we hear in this message concerning matters of God's government and his righteousness. These ideas, given the superficiality of much of Christian teaching today, are unknown to most believers and therefore may appear rather unusual. We're here by the Lord's grace to communicate the best we can in the Spirit, the solid and weighty, serious aspects of the divine revelation in this book. So I would urge you to apply the Lord's word from Matthew 5, to be poor in spirit and pure in heart, seeking the Lord himself and seeking to receive something of the Lord through his word. Now let's join Witness Lee. I do have a burden to share with you what is the word of righteousness. The first concept we need is that the word is not for knowledge. It is strange, even in this short portion of the word, the talks are 
quite contradictory. Why, on the one hand, it says, according to the time, you are going to be a teacher. But, you still need someone to teach you. You have the word teacher. This should refer to knowledge. But, actually, even this short portion of the word, it is fully, definitely indicated that the word of God is for nourishment. Because it likens the word of God to either milk or solid food. Milk and food are not for knowledge. Milk and food are not for people to study, but for people to eat and to take in as nourishment. According to the word by the Lord Jesus, the word of God is for us to eat, for us to live, that we have to eat the word. The word of God is our food. The Lord Jesus answered the devil, man lives not by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is clear. The word of God should be our food and we have to eat it day by day. It is our daily food, daily portion. Then, even in the Old Testament time, there was a prophet, Jeremiah. He said, when he got the word of God, he ate it. He ate the word of God. And the New Testament also tells us we need not only to feed ourselves with the word of God, but also to feed others. Paul said, I fed you, firstly, with milk. Then secondly, I may feed you with the solid food. You have to pick up all these concepts. You can see, basically speaking, according to the basic principles of the Bible, the Word of God is not for knowledge, but for nourishment. Ron, the Word of God is certainly valuable to us on many levels. We need to study it. We need to learn from it. But in Hebrews 5, the Word is referred to as both milk and solid food. Does taking the Word in as food or nourishment differ from studying or just reading the Word? Yes and no, depending on our situation. Does taking the Word in as Food or nourishment different from studying or just reading. It will differ if we don't have the vision presented in the word itself that the Bible is not primarily for mental knowledge, but for divine illumination and spiritual life supply. If we don't realize this, then in our studying or in our Bible reading, we may not receive any nourishment. If we realize that God wants to nourish us through his word, then our every contact with it and our every appropriation of it will bring in some amount of nourishment. My study should be a means of touching the life supply in the word. This is food to me 
This is spirit and life to me. The same with our reading. Uh, we are reading to get a broader knowledge of the scriptures, to be familiar with the sweep of the narratives. But if we realize the Bible has been given to us primarily for nourishment, in our reading we will be nourished. Of course, there are times when our approach to the word is not primarily study or primarily reading, but a kind of prayer or, or meditation. And at those times, we are explicitly and particularly uh, seeking nourishment. My testimony is that the study of the Word, the reading of the Word, the meditating on the Word, the praying with the Word, are all the same to me in essence. Because in each situation, the Word is nourishment to me. So whether there's a difference, brothers and sisters, in the Lord really depends on you. The Word is unchanging. It cannot change in nature or essence. If you want merely mental stimulus, that's one thing. But if you want life supply and nourishment along with the proper enlightenment and understanding, that's something else. So back to the way I began this response to the question, whether it's yes or whether it's no depends upon the person's spiritual condition and objective when coming to the written Word of God. Ron, thank you for your fellowship and your testimony. Let's go back to more of Witness Lee. Milk, in this portion of the word, refers to the rudiment of the beginning of the oracles of God. It also refers to the word of the beginning of Christ. I hope you young people learn to use these terms, rudiments of the beginning of the oracles of God, the word of the beginning of Christ, and the good word. The good word, this phrase is easy for you to impress, but the rudiment of the beginning of the oracles of God is not so easy. You all have to be impressed. Now, we go on to solid food for mature ones. The word of righteousness. What is the word of righteousness? The word of righteousness is more difficult to discriminate than the word of grace and the word of life. Righteousness always refers to God's governmental dealings. And look into the whole context of this book. Eventually I found out this book is not only an unveiling of a higher Christ, but also this book is an unveiling of God's divine government among his chosen people. I can give you a few verses you can be made so clear. Chapter 12 says what? To fall into the hand of God is fearful. And it says, our God is the consuming fire. And it says, God will judge his people. 
All the five warnings were written based upon this concept that God in this book is not the God of love. God in this book is the God of righteousness. He is a God of the consuming fire. This book doesn't deal with God's love. It deals with God's righteous government. So, this book is a revelation of God's dispensational and governmental dealings with his people. You have to look back to the Israelites. God loved them, no doubt about that. And God brought them out of Egypt. And God helped them in the wilderness. But the whole history of Israel shows us God's governmental dealing. First of all, I'd like to point out to you, not only so many Israel didn't get into the land because of God's governmental dealing. God dealing with the Israelites was a governmental dealing. Never forget this. Ron, I'm sure that we have a concept here that is new to many people. The word of righteousness is related to God's government. What does this mean, God's government, and how is the word of righteousness related to it? We're all familiar with the word government. Government has something to do with administration, with uh, rule, and with authority. Many believers appreciate God's grace in his salvation. But they do not realize the Bible has a lot to say about God's throne, about his administration, about his rule over our lives, about his kingdom, about his government. Whether we recognize it or not, we are citizens in the kingdom of God and members of the household of God, and both God's kingdom and his house are subject to his government. With the matter of government is the matter of authority, responsibility, accountability, discipline, reward, or punishment. Many Christians, particularly in this country, have been spoiled through incomplete and shallow teachings of the Word. A book such as Hebrews indicates that we have a major responsibility to the Lord. We should not just be here focused on ourselves, on being saved from hell and going to heaven, so-called, or getting some blessing. We were created by God. We were created for God. We were redeemed by God. We were redeemed to God. We are here to serve God's eternal purpose. For the carrying out of his eternal purpose, God has an administration, has a government in this universe. So there is a word in the scripture that is related to God's government, and that is the word of righteousness. This is the word that speaks of our responsibility, of our accountability to the Lord. 
This is a word that informs us concerning God's authority, God's government over us, uh, God's discipline of us if we do not take his way, God's reward of us if we do. The New Testament tells us that we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat is a matter of government. We need to be sobered and we need to be awakened by the fact that books such as Hebrews, major portions of Matthew, and the book of Revelation are governmental books and speak of our accountability to God and our answerability to him. So Hebrews contains much of the word of righteousness, a word concerning God's government over the believers and their accountability to him. This is the connection between government and the word of righteousness. In essence, the word of righteousness is that word which concerns God's governmental dealings with his children for the carrying out of his economy. Ron, let me set the proper backdrop for this final section of Witness Lee's sharing today by reading the first two verses in chapter 6 of Hebrews. Therefore, leaving the word of the beginning of Christ, let us be brought on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith in God, and of the teaching of baptisms, and of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we come to the word of the beginning of Christ. The word of grace, the word of life. These kind of words are the word of the beginning. They are also quite good because this is the foundation of our Christian life. Foundation is good. Foundation is necessary. But suppose we are going to build our meeting hall and the brothers all the time lay the foundations. All the time lay the foundations. They lay the good foundation. Then they stop for half an year. Then they go back to work again and still lay the foundation. It's terrible. Foundation is good. But the foundation needs the building up. This is why this foundation word is called the word of the beginning of Christ. It is the foundation of the Christian life. Very interesting. If you look into this word of the beginning of Christ, is of six items in three pairs. Every two items form one pair. The first pair, repentance from dead works. This is on the negative side. Then, faith to God on the positive side. For these two points, you have to read Mark 1, 15, Acts 20, 21. I don't have the time to say something. We all know the Christian life is firstly based upon our repentance and faith. Repentance from what? From the dead works and the faith toward God himself. Then the second pair, the teachings of baptisms on the negative side. Surely we know baptisms are always on the negative side. Why? Because baptisms are to wash away either 
the negative things are terminate the old things. Then the laying on of hands is on the passive side. Why? Because this is for identification. Then the third pair, the resurrection of the dead from the negative side. Of course, resurrection is to get out of the Hades. Eternal judgment is bring you into eternity. So you can see these six items nearly include so many basic things formed into three pairs. This is the word of the beginning of Christ and this is the foundation of our Christian life. But the writer of this book encourages us from this word to go on to the word of righteousness. But so sorry to say this, no need to say the word of righteousness, even the word of the beginning of Christ, many Christians are not clear about. Too poor today. If you don't believe me, you can go to check with so many Christians what does the first two verses of Hebrew chapter 6 mean. They don't understand. No need to say the word of righteousness, even the word of the beginning of Christ, the word of foundation. They are not sure about it. But we must go on. We must understand and realize we did have a foundation laid. Didn't you repent? Didn't you believe? Were you not baptized? In a sense, have you not been laid on with the divine hind? Don't you know that there will be the resurrection and there will be the eternal judgment? Don't you believe this? We all believe this. So, this means we all have laid the foundation. Now, what should we do? Go on. Go on on from the elementary word to the hard word. From the word of the foundation to the word of righteousness. From the word of grace and the word of life to the word of righteousness. From the good word to the hard word that we may know not only God's grace, but also God's righteous governmental dealings. Ron, I believe that this was a clear word about the foundational items. We need to have such a proper foundation in our Christian life. How do we go on from the word of grace to the word of righteousness? I would mention two aspects of going on. Recall that Hebrews points out that solid food, that is the word of righteousness, is for the mature, whereas the milk is for babes. So how do we go from appropriating the word merely as milk to appropriating it as solid food? We need to have the genuine growth in the Lord. We may improve our behavior Uh, We may enhance our knowledge of the Bible. We may have certain blessings from the Lord. But we should not mistake these for the real growth in life, which is the increase of Christ within us. If we want to go on, we need to grow up. The more we grow in the Lord, 
the more we can go on to the word of righteousness. The second matter I would mention is directly related to Brother Lee's burden and our burden in this series of messages on Hebrews. We need the proper teaching that is according to the word of righteousness. On the one hand, we grow in order to understand. On the other hand, we understand in order to grow. We believe that if God's children will receive the proper teachings from the New Testament concerning the word of righteousness and God's government, the Spirit will use this to motivate them to be more serious with the Lord, to pursue Him more ardently, and to seek Him more desperately. I'm saying that we need life and we need truth. We need life and life supply to grow. Then as we grow, we can understand the word of righteousness. At the same time, we need the truth. We need the ministry of the solid truth of the word so that we will be sober, we will be watchful, we will wake up and we will consider seriously we are accountable to the Lord and we will answer to the Lord. And God has an intention in saving us which may be different from our intention in getting saved. Many of us can testify that by knowing the truth we were aroused, we were in a positive sense provoked and incited to seek the Lord for the growth in life. So we need to grow in the Lord and we need to open to a faithful, solid and mature presentation of the word of righteousness and we believe sincerely in the Lord's presence that such a word is being released through this ministry. So we commend it to you for your prayerful consideration before him. Ron, thank you for your fellowship today. Another profound, significant and very solid word from the book of Hebrews. It seems we have one after another, doesn't it? One after another, until God gets what's on his heart, then the Lord can come back. Until then, we should not waste a day in our pursuing of him and in our study of his word. The Life Study of Hebrews will continue once again tomorrow. We have another message from Witness Lee. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These Life Study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. 
You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.